0: What's going on guys, it's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years, but now don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you. It's a clown question, bro. And they're not even called Reese Pieces. They're called Reese's
1: Pieces. Reese's Pieces. They're pieces of Reese's. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. Write like something about me.
0: Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. Talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. But they are who we thought they were, and we let them off the hook. This is what's great about sports.
1: This is what the greatest thing about sports is. Hello, you play to win the
0: game. Welcome to the DC Crossover right here on iTunes, podcast, and Google Play Music Stores. Cerone and Simpson on the mics once again. Episode number two. We got some gnats and some Redskins talk to come up on to today. And Ben, this is a great Sunday, September 3rd, 2018. Everyone's out there listening probably on September 4th. But hopefully you guys had a great Labor Day weekend, long weekend, nice short week coming up for work and everything like that. But Ben... Let me welcome you in. How's your Sunday? How's your weekend been, buddy? Well, considering it's Monday, not Sunday, you gotta remember. Did I say Sunday? Yeah, you did. It's Monday, buddy. Whatever. Labor Day Monday. Labor Day Monday, Labor day three
1: Monday. day weekend. Anytime you got an opportunity to have a three day weekend, it's a great weekend. Uh it has been a little hot in the district uh, here this weekend, so I made Friday sure to was, stay. What about the humidity? Inside, on Friday, man. humidity was pretty bad. That sucked. So made sure to spend the rest of this weekend indoors, uh, avoiding sunlight, heat, all of that. Enjoy the wonderful AC. But now it's good to be here. And again, uh, those at home, just a rem- quick reminder. It's the D.C. crossover. We're going to talk about all the sports teams. Uh, but for this episode, we're going to focus more on the Nash, the Nats and the Skins. Later on, as we get into hockey season, as we get into basketball season, we'll have some more sure. uh, on the Wizards and the Caps. But uh, we got to keep it focused on the teams that are having the most action happen right now. And uh, keep in mind, also, stay posted for later in September and kind of early October for our season preview episodes for oh, the yeah. Caps and the Wizards. We're definitely going to get into that. But uh, happy to talk some baseball. And Thank God,
0: football on this Monday. Monday, Labor Day. It's a Monday. I, I totally <laughs> yeah, Yesterday, I was calling it Saturday, too, so I don't know. I'm all miscombobulated or whatever. Discombobulated? Is that was what it? it? Whatever a, dis you want it to be. I, whatever it is. After uh, that primo sandwich. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely check out uh, our other podcast below. Uh, we're going to be doing food reviews as well for local eateries around the DMV, uh, mainly we're going to stay in Virginia for right now, but then we're also going to venture out into D.C. as well, and Maryland, maybe, we'll see. Um, but <laughs> at the same time, uh, this is the D.C. crossover, where we cross over all four major D.C. sports teams, and we're also going to have some specialty episodes uh, with some more uh, quote-unquote national topics. Um, we'll also have a podcast below talking about the local high schools, Parkview High School and Manassas Park High School. Uh, basically canceling their football seasons. We'll also talk about that as well. So definitely check those out. Uh, But this is our main podcast right here, the DC crossover uh, for all the four major sports today. We're going to be talking about the Washington Nationals for a few minutes. And then we're also going to be talking about the Washington Redskins. So first off, let's get into the Nats talk here, Mr. Simpson. And, Made a few trades here in the past couple days. Uh, uh, a fan favorite, Gio Gonzalez, heading to Milwaukee uh, while they're playing Milwaukee. I don't know. That's kind of weird all in itself. But you also have Ryan Mattson uh, moving over to the L.A. Dodgers. Uh, so let's talk about the trades uh, that have gone on so far because we have I mean, let's be honest here. We have a few that have been uh, kind of question marks uh, with Matt Adams and so on and so forth as well. Uh, so let's get into to the trade talks right now. So let's start off with uh, the early trades uh, where we got into, like, Sean Kelly and uh, and Matt Adams and Brandon Kinsler. Uh, you know, ha- do you think – and also, excuse me, Daniel Murphy. haven't even mentioned him yet as well. Do you really think that these were worth it? I mean, Matt Adams, again, like I said before, we got him for – quote-unquote, cash considerations, which I ended up finding out that it's about $50,000. So a guy of that nature, is he really worth only $50,000? Yeah, it sounds like a college tuition
1: or something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, yeah, it's, it's, some of it's going to be remain to be seen on the Nats' side as far as the value back for some of these trades. You've got um, guys like Andrew Monasterio, who the Nats got for Daniel Murphy, who's down in Potomac, and you've got some other prospects in as well. And, and you know, it seemed like Rizzo, the, the main game plan was he's trying to ship off uh, you know some of these higher contracts, get some money back. It, in, all, in all honesty, it appears that, that the goal is to, to, say, to have as much money as possible to offer Bryce Harper, obviously, um, in his deal. But, I mean... All these other teams are loving these acquisitions. you got Daniel Murphy oh, yeah. batting leadoff for the Cubs here in some games, it up. Um, hitting bombs. He'll be actually in Nats Park next week, and the Cubs come to town. Uh, and then you've got – you know, Matt Adams and the Cardinals actually playing the Nats now here this week. And, and for the Cardinals, and the, he, actually him coming back to St. Louis, he was in St. Louis for a little bit, and now he's back. Um, they're glad to have him as a lefty power bat that they can use off the bench and, and get some spot starts as well. So, and, and then as far as the bullpen arms go, you know, Sean Kelly in Oakland, uh, Brandon Kinsler in Chicago, he's been a little rocky um, uh, for the Cubs, hasn't yeah. been, been super solid, but... And then the latest move, Ryan Madsen to the Dodgers. I mean, it's just interesting that this bullpen experiment and these Rizzo acquisitions just they're all gone now. Yeah. I mean, they're all gone. And then you have Kelvin Herrera, who's out for the rest of the year now with injury. His contract, that was, uh, you know, he's going to be not a nat next year either. So it's all these, the only bullpen guys that we know for sure coming back are guys like Doolittle, uh, guys like Coda Glover, who's under team control for a while. Uh, probably some guys like Matt Grace and Sammy Solis, maybe. I mean, uh, please, this, dear God, it's going to be Sammy all those Solis, same guys. <laughs> and then all these new arms that we meant, man, we've got these great arms uh, in the bullpen now. They're all going to be gone as well. So good for these other teams for picking these guys up because the Nats sure didn't
0: get much back for him. Yeah, no doubt about it. And when we're looking forward, I mean, it's just and we'll get into that, to, into that in, a, in a hot second. But I mean, I just think that, you know, when the trade deadline came around, he could have made Mike Rizzo. And this is, I think, one of his, I would say, few mistakes that he's, he's done so far as the Nats GM. It has been to not make that decision of, OK, am I going to be a seller or a buyer right now? I mean, he's made some great decisions picking up this guy, picking up that guy, whoever it may be, Doolittle and so on and so forth. But overall, I mean, this year, it's been like so indecisive for some reason. I don't understand why it's been this indecisive to the point where, OK, we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to, I don't know. We're, we're, like, that's basically what it feels like that whole entire general manager's office has been like. It's kind of like just stuttering and just not knowing what's going on, you know, because all of a sudden now you're making all these moves way after the trade deadline. And it just makes zero sense to me how it it, it works out for you in the end. I mean, you basically get rid of Matt Adams, who you picked up for this year, uh, basically taking over um, for uh, whose job was it last year? The, uh, the, the bat coming off the bench. I'm, I'm, I'm going mind-blank. Adam Lynn? Adam Lynn, that's right. Okay. I knew it started with an A, but I'm, I'm, I'm going mind-blank on that. But thank you. That's why you're here, Mr. Simpson, to help me out. <laughs> uh, Adam Lynn, basically, you know, he was a great hitter off the bench as well. Matt Adams came off, and he actually was hitting better than Zimmerman for mainly the entire year. And I just don't see any of these moves so far being beneficial to the Nats. I mean, you get some prospects and whatnot, but we'll get to the prospects here in a second. There's really no room for any more prospects. I mean, you can have tons of prospects here and there, and then you can use them for trades later. I understand that for stockpiling reasons. But, I mean, some of these prospects out there are so good, like Victor Robles and Carter Keeboom And some of these guys you'll see here probably within the next year or so. um, I mean, Victor Robles, he's definitely going to be playing in the majors next year. Don't get me wrong. But it just makes zero sense uh, to me of all these players that – you know, you're basically hanging on to saying, OK, we might make a run. Then all of a sudden you play the Phillies in that big series not too long ago. And then then what happens? OK, you're basically almost sweep them and then you start. OK, well, OK, we're going to do this. OK, we're going to trade this guy. OK, we're not like I understand. But if the Brewers needed a pitcher, which they even said it on their Twitter, I think it was or something like we got our starter, you know, we got, like because they got uh, Gio. Why couldn't you trade him for a better prospect or cash or whatever? I mean, why couldn't you do that earlier?
1: Yeah, it's, it's questionable. I mean, basically, the Nats got back two rookie ball guys and, and third baseman Gilbert Lara and first baseman K.J. Harrison. These are both guys that, I mean, Harrison's 22 years old. He was actually just drafted by the Brewers in 2017, so not a lot there. And then Gilbert Lara, third baseman, he's been, only been playing in rookie ball and, and single A and things like that. So it, there's not a lot of, of, of info on him. And then uh, for Ryan Matz. And getting right handed pitcher Andrew Isler, that one may end up working out okay this is a a guy who's uh, twenty five right-handed power thrower um he's he's actually been in uh, kind of bouncing back and forth in triple a and double a um so we'll kind of see if we end up seeing Itzler there um there we know the dodgers is an organization that's had a a terrific um, minor league system but uh, Brewers not necessarily known for their (laughs) you know minor league system so yeah i think i would have liked to get more for geo i think the brewers probably knew hey geo was at the end of his contract with the nats anyways um so it's kind of tough uh, for the Nats to be able to bargain for a whole lot from him where it's like, well, look, you either trade him to us or, you know, you're going to have another month of him and then he's going to be gone anyway. Exactly. So I'm glad they, the Nats got something back for him. But I agree. These aren't um, you know record breaking prospects here that the Nats got in Lara and Harrison where, oh, you're going to see these guys in majors in a couple of years. No, these are the type of guys that may not even make it to the Nationals full club oh, yeah. um, where they are right now. It's a long road um, for, for them. So. Yeah, it's it's a little frustrating as a Nats fan to see a great arm in, in Madsen. This year, not so great. Last year, a lot better. Um, and then Gio, who, as we mentioned, cl- uh, you know, crowd favorite. And let's talk a little bit about Gio as far as his legacy goes. I mean, this was his seventh year um, in a Nats uniform. Uh, this is a guy who, his very first season with the Nats, a 21. 21- Games went, uh, won there, had a great ERA. This was kind of – it's kind of funny. That very first year with the Nats was kind of his best year, and he really didn't have a year like that since, except for last year he did all right, and 15-9, strong ERA under three. But remember, he was the guy who was pitching in the key playoff game that the Nats lost – game five to the Cubs. Um, not not that it was his fault. That was such a crazy game, but still, uh, Geo's kind of one of those up and down guys at times was, was lights out. Like he was in the first year with the Nats and other times, super frustrating. Um, emotional guy on the mound he'd let his emotions get to him sometimes and it was it was real up and down uh legacy with with the Nats I
0: feel like yeah no doubt about it and like you said he was a two-time all-star he was an all-star his last year with Oakland uh with the first year with the Nats he was an Mm -hmm. all-star and he also finished third in the Cy Young voting he finished sixth excuse me sixth in the Cy Young voting it's kind of hard to say sixth with Cy at the same (laughs) uh Cy Young voting uh in 2017 last year when he had a 296 era um and a 15 and 9 record but like you said that first year with the Nats he went 21 and 8 and that was the very first I believe that was the very first 20 game winner uh in Nats history um going back and seeing their uh the broadcast uh when he won that last game but overall like you said I mean his legacy with the Nats has has been a fan favorite. He, he's always you know having fun. He's just like Max, basically. He's always having fun. He's out there, uh, you know. He loves to go out there and hit and make competitions. And uh, I, I just think the the one knock to put on him, I think, is he gets way too much in his head. He basically goes out there, and when he has a bad first or second inning, then he's like, okay, I got to get it back because people are getting pissed off. So I think that basically. He kind of looks at the fans, for instance, and says like if there's like a couple hecklers out there, like then he's like, OK, oh, I got to please them or something like that. I think that's what it kind of goes down to, um, because when you're looking at him pitching, he's always talking to himself, which isn't a bad thing per se. But at the same time, it's like he, when the, the times he is talking to himself on the mound is when he's going out there and letting five runs uh, through four innings or something like that. Uh, and, and that's where I think he kind of lets himself down because he doesn't stay in the ball game, But. Overall, I mean, he's one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite Nats. Uh, he's one of, uh, I think, actually, my mom is a real big fan of Geo, and a lot of other people are big fans of Geo just because of his fun, loving personality and the the, the energy he brought to the ball club. But as for a pitcher, I just think that. Uh, you know it it was his time to go he's getting up there in age he's 32 right now going to be 33 next season uh but he's had a great career with the nats i believe it's uh seven seasons i think with the nats yeah this was here this was season 7 yeah um
1: yeah i think i mean i, I agree i think th- There wasn't a lot to not like about Gio the person. Yeah. Um, And even the pitcher at times, he was a guy, you know, a 500-type pitcher that was going to give you 10 wins and 10 losses in the season. Uh, One of the cool things that Baseball Reference does is they they compile these similarity scores, and basically you can kind of compare these players by this different kind of scoring system. So some of the pitchers that Gio compares to career-wise, guys like Tim Lincecum, guys like Scott Casimir, uh, guys like Johnny Cueto. So these are all guys that... Maybe had one or two stellar seasons. I mean, we remember when Tim Lincecum uh, and the Beast Giants the were Giants. going to, to the World Series, Tim Lincecum had a couple just insane years on the mound. Oh, yeah. And then those were followed by a lot of not-so-great years. Yeah, then he cut his hair and lost <laughs> all of his power. Um, and he had some bad years in there, too. And Giovanni Garado, that's another guy that kind of had some a uh, uh, great season here, followed by three average seasons. Same thing with Johnny Cueto. Um, and, and Scott Casimir. So that that's kind of the category you put Gio in is with those types of guys where, look, he had a couple stellar seasons. Last year was great. His first year with the Nats was great. Um, and then he had some years of, you know, four plus ERA in 2016, another high ERA in like a, 2015. Like a, like a third
0: starter in the rotation. Kind exactly. Of
1: he fit that role. And it was one of those guys where, unfortunately, he had to pitch in some pretty big spots in the playoffs and it didn't really work out for him. So he's not really known as, oh, this This guy was lights out for the Nats in the postseason wasn't really the case. Um, but at the same time, yeah, am I going to miss Geo? Sure. I'm, I'm definitely not going to, um, you know, really hate on the guy. The guy, postseason-wise, uh, you know, he pitched in, in four different postseason series for the Nats in his ERA, 4.78 in postseason in, in yeah. six games. He, he really wasn't – just wasn't really able to bring it. Um, you know, even in that first year, he had a, over four ERA. And then 2016 and 2017, both games – three games he pitched in – we're talking over 6 ERA in those games. He was not a clutch player unfortunately, yeah. but I'm going to yeah, it, it sucks because now for the Nats you have guys like Gio where you know, it's an end of an era, the Geo era with the playoffs. We're going to see Ryan Zimmerman hopefully hang it up here soon at some point. I don't <laughs> you know. We're all, we're kind of rooting for it. <laughs> um, you know, you're suddenly all these guys that have kind of been around for a long time with the Nats and kind of been known for um, you know being with the Nats the last decade. They're they're all starting to leave, and it's time for the young guns like Juan Soto and Victor Robles, as oh, you yeah. mentioned, and
0: hopefully still Bryce Harper um, to kind of keep that legacy going. Yeah, no doubt about it. And the last thing I'll mention with with uh geo is that looking at his time with the Nats over the past seven years it's actually been pretty productive i mean like you said he hasn't been clutch but he's been that guy where you can lean on and say he's not going to get hurt like you're going to have at least that guy who's a middle of the rotation starter uh, go out there every fifth day and give you a decent quality start you could say at, at, at the least um but his record is 86 and 65 with the Nats. Posted a 3.62 ERA, which is which is not terrible. Um, you know, basically, he gave you a 50, 57% win percentage when he goes out there, which is uh, pretty darn good all on its own. Giving you three complete games, two shutouts. I mean, he's he's been definitely one of the, the I, like you said, not clutch, but one of the consistent starters that you're always going to have there because the lowest amount of games he started in his Nats tenure was 27 back in 2014. He had 32 starts last year, 32 in 2016, 31 in 15, 32 in 13, and 32 in 2012, which is actually pretty crazy to see that <laughs> that's how many starts he had every single time. But overall, uh, is going to be very, very um, missed, uh, very, I don't know, is that the right way to say it? He's going to be missed very much, um, and, uh, and I think that Gio uh, deserves... Uh, a round of applause from everybody at Nat's Park, and I, they already gave him ovation, tribute videos, everything. Yeah, you can find that
1: on our site, dccrossover.com. dot yep, com. We posted some stuff on there. Uh, there's going to be an article coming out this week as well. The legacy of Geo. Um, that's going to be one of the blog articles we, we'll have up, and uh, and yeah. But besides the season as a whole, Mike, here is now we're entering the final month in September. You know, Nats <laughs> are out of it. Eight, eight you know eight games back in, yep. in the wild card, eight and a half back in the division. Uh, it's pretty much. Toast here for the rest of the season. Yep. Is is there any
0: reason to keep watching the Nats for the rest of the year? I mean, besides, I guess Max Scherzer, Cy Young race, yeah, and that's the funny thing too is that you when you look at the standings that. I mean, everyone else is kind of struggling. The Phillies and the Braves are 5-5 five and five in the last 10, 4-6 in the last 10. And the Nats just, you know, like we said, they're sellers. So, you know, they can get on a run. But at the same time, the only thing I, I can assume to watch the Nats for is the prospects coming up. Because uh, Joe Ross is the name I was trying to mention off air, is the one who's been activated. Uh, so we'll possibly see him come out and maybe throw one or two games, hopefully. It might be a limited pitch count coming off Tommy Johns. Uh, but also Victor Robles is now uh, healthy, and he can actually come back uh, come back to the ball club. And he'll be brought up as well. Uh, maybe Carter Keeboom, we shall see. Um, Eric Fetty might be able to get another uh, starter too
1: yeah i believe he's pitching tomorrow actually he's pitching tuesday for the nat so yeah, yeah you're going to start seeing this is the this is what this month is about if you're not a contender all these young guys. You're going to see them back. Joe Ross, as you mentioned, he's in Syracuse right now with the rehab starts. I would love to see him before the year ends just to remember, hey, that's Joe Ross, and that's who we're missing as our number five starter. Everyone forgets about uh, him. Because the guy's got stuff. He's yeah. got some solid stuff. And, yeah, we're going to see Robles, and, as you mentioned, Mike. And that's I guess that's pretty much it. If you want to go Nats Park. Jeffrey Rodriguez is also one to look out for, too. Yeah, but he's been a little rough. I mean, yeah. yesterday gave up seven runs. Rodriguez is one of those lightning arms where you expected so much more out of him, but maybe he just wasn't ready at this point. Maybe he needed a little more seasoning because his ERA is not great and bad start the other day, Um, but it's still interesting and intriguing arm to kind of keep up with uh, for sure. But uh, yeah, if you're if you're a Nats fan, I mean, I know I'm going to the Cubs series next weekend and I'm I'm not uh, there's nothing on the line. So I guess it's, you know, nice to have the freedom of not being tense during the game. You already know your team sucks and they're out of it. (laughs) I'm there
0: to go see Daniel Murphy, I guess. There you go. And that's the thing is uh, when we look towards the future, um, this will be our last thing on the Nats uh, for this episode. Basically, I think that what uh Rizzo is doing is like I said before stockpiling those those prospects trying to get whatever he can for those guys right now and hopefully next season he can make a few moves or do whatever he needs to do to try to get some more uh, bullpen help uh because you're gonna have Scherzer you're gonna have Strauss uh, most likely Roark Joe Ross hopefully is back um that maybe one of these other guys can be uh from, from from the minors can be that fifth starter uh but at the same time if Harper comes back, that's going to be the whole saga for this whole entire offseason. Is Harper coming back? And that's another thing we'll have to talk about later, um, and what what we think his chances are coming back are. But if we'll assume Harper comes back, you got Harper, Soto, Turner, Rendon, uh, Wilmer Defoe. They might need to get another second baseman. They they actually might. What I'm thinking they might do Spencer Keyboom or excuse me Carter Keyboom to possibly you know fill in that second base role possibly as well. Um, but as well as you said. The catcher position last episode you mentioned as well. So there's, I think there's a few little uh, niches in there uh, that need to be uh, filled. But at the same time, uh, I think it's going to be nice to see our future. Because like I said, Carter Kimu is 21. Victor Robles is low 20s. Juan Soto is is, is 14. Um, and then <laughs> Bryce Harper, you know how how old he is. So overall, you know, the the... Future looks really bright for the Nats, so that's one positive to hang your hat on. But that's going to be the Nats talk right here for the DC crossover episode two. We're going to get on to the Redskins talk right after this quick break right here on the DC crossover. an easy crossover right here on iTunes Podcast and also Google Play Music Stores. I am Sarone, that is Simpson, and we're going to be talking about the Redskins now on this episode number two on a Labor Day weekend. Ben, the Redskins, you know, it's going to be a fantastic season, I believe. Um, the cuts just have been made, the 53, or excuse me, 54-man roster has been um, 53-man. I was right in the first place. You were. Trust your guts. I'm I'm, kind of off today. I don't know. I thought it was Sunday. It's because it's It's, it's, it's Labor Day Monday. It throws you off. Yeah, Labor Day Monday, not Sunday. So basically, the 53-man roster was just formed, and we got a couple surprise cuts, and we also got the depth chart that's in play, and we're also going to play an over-under game. Uh, We're going to have four topics on there. We're going to do a little over-under and see what we got uh, for this season to come. But First, let's start off uh, real quick, Ben, uh, for one guy that you think on the cut list uh, had a good chance of possibly making the team and uh, making a difference on the 53-man roster. Sure. So I'll, I'll go with uh, Simi
1: Cobbs, who we talked about last episode as well, who had a great uh, a great game in that Denver game, was able to get a touchdown there. and.
0: Yeah, it, it just, a lot I, of great I, stats with that guy. He
1: he ended up all right in, for the, from Indiana, and uh, I thought he had a chance. But then when you look at the other wide receivers out there uh, for the skins, you kind of saw a guy like Cam Sims make the team and a guy like Simi Cobbs not make the team. But he'll be on the practice squad, so he'll at least you know be there in case they need him. But that was one of the guys that uh, – but when you've got to get down to 53, there's going to be yep. some names that are off this list that uh, – you know, you you you're a little questionable, a little wondering, man, if they had just made well, a play here, a play there. That's the difference sometimes on making this roster. But, but uh, So so, Cobbs, for me, was a guy that I
0: was kind of rooting for to make the team and on and un- <laughs> to do so. Exactly. Yeah, when you're looking at the roster uh, for, for the wide receivers, like you said, it's kind of a a little situation with the running backs as well. Um, It's kind of a log jam for the wide outs. You got Josh Doxson. Uh, Then Jamison Crowder, Paul Richardson, who they picked up from Seattle. Uh, Maurice Harris, who's always been, um, past a few years, has been a very good player out of camp. And he actually made that one really good catch last year. You can go look at his highlights then. Uh, of course, Trey Quinn, who is quote-unquote Mr. relevant, he's been very solid in the preseason, uh, a lot of great catches. He's a very good route runner, um, but he just doesn't have the speed and quickness that a lot of people would prefer at SMU. But then Cam Sims is the one guy that everyone was hoping would make the team from Brian Quick and him, and uh, I think they made the right decision. He's over six foot 6'2", uh, from Alabama, and people think that he was underutilized at Alabama, so we'll see if Cam Sims can possibly make a difference uh, coming in. Uh, for possibly injuries. And we all know Josh Doxson is probably going to get hurt at some point. Um, And then also Jameson Crowder going to be the main guy out of the slot. Cam Sims has proven to be uh, a beneficial guy on the outside, so you could possibly see him use his vertical leap uh, in the red zone possibly and try to maybe be used in those type of situations. Uh, But the one guy I'm looking at is Martrell Spate, Uh, the linebacker, uh, made the team last year, but then uh, middle of the year, he came, uh, you know, basically Zach Vigil ended up uh, overtaking him at his spot in the middle linebacker position. Um, Just not really the the most sound guy that you could see on there. I wasn't really shocked at this move, but at the same time, I was more so uh, looking at the log jam they have there as well. It's actually kind of funny. You never really see log jams for the Redskins. Uh, That's that's the one thing you always see is because, oh, there's always a deficiency here or there or whatever it may be. But... Uh, at that position in the middle linebacker, you re signed Zach Brown, which is a great signing from Buffalo. Um, his second year here as a Redskin. Mason Foster has grown into his own. Uh, Sean Deon Hamilton, another guy out of Alabama who was uh, you know, drafted uh, a little bit later because of his injury concerns, but he actually had, I think one of the games, he had 11 tackles in the preseason, which is something very positive to see. And then Josh Harvey Clemens is going to be one of those key guys on special teams uh, for, the, for the middle linebacker position. But those are a couple people that we were talking about off air uh, that that got cut, that, that, you know what, maybe they could make a helpful impact this year, um, but you never know, Marshall Spade, if he doesn't get picked up, if he hasn't got picked up already by the time this episode comes out, you never know, he might come back uh, to be a Redskin uh, later in this year. But moving on uh, to to our game here, over, under, uh, this is a little bit more of uh, what we'll see um from this season as the season is about to start this this coming week and uh we'll also after this uh game gets uh prog- pro- progressed i sh- should say that this coming next sunday against the arizona cardinals we will actually give more of a season outlook uh, are we both predicting an arizona cardinals w for this week against sam bradford i i think so especially with a
1: you know a healthy squad here yeah. um i i think uh when the sk- when the skins have some of the, oh, this this complete roster that we're talking about, we've got the line healthy and things like that. Yeah, I think they definitely can take down a team like Arizona.
0: Yeah, I think that when you're looking at the Redskins season as a whole, uh, we'll get into that after next game uh, in, in one of our uh, third episodes. Um, but. Overall, it's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, that one's going to be in Arizona. So the, uh, the kickoff is 425 on the 9th of September. But let's get into our game here, Mr. Simpson. I know you love games. I love games as well. This is our over-under game to start the 2018-2019 football season uh, for the Washington Redskins. First off, we're going to start off with the new man in charge, behind the line, Alex Smith. His career average is 3,270 yards per season, which is actually kind of low, but everyone expects that from him because he was the type of guy, kind of like what people say about Kirk Cousins as well, he's more of the quote-unquote game manager. Um, And what we saw last year wasn't uh, a game manager type season. He had over 4,000 yards, had a career year. So over under uh, for this year, excuse me, uh, for this uh, season as a whole for Alex Smith, Let's let's put it at thirty five hundred yards after his last season, which was a phenomenal year as a whole.
1: Yeah, I think you know he's not going to hit that four thousand mark that he did last yep. year, but at the same time, uh, the guy's been over three thousand uh, since twenty eleven, pretty much, except for that twenty twelve season uh, with the forty nine ers. So, yeah, I am going to say Smith, especially with a good receiving core to throw to. Uh, I'll say he'll go just over 3,500 yards. I'll say he'll be close to about 3,600 maybe for this season, maybe closer to 3,700. But then that kind of affects what our next over-under is, but
0: we'll get to that in a moment. But what (laughs) what, what do you have? Do you have him going over or under? Well, that's the thing. As you look at his last three seasons with the Chiefs, and yes, okay, you know what I'm kind of tired of, Ben. I'm kind of tired of people saying oh well you know they had kareem hunt and they had tyreek hill well okay that's all fine and dandy but you know as we're going to get into our next over under with adrian peterson i think adrian peterson is kind of a different animal than kareem hunt kareem hunt's more of a pass catching scat back uh who can also run in between the tackles but he's not the most durable uh in between the tackles so that's why they try to go with some outside runs and some swing passes but and also tyreek hill is a, is a deep threat but at the same time they didn't really have those type of guys that we have this year. It's a whole different type of course. And they didn't also have a Jay Gruden type play call, which everyone has been known to uh, all the experts, I should say out there is telling us and telling everybody in the nation that Jay Gruden is a top five play caller in the NFL. So, we'll see what he can do with a different quarterback of the new core uh, with, with Paul Richardson and company. Um, but overall, I think I'm going to go over uh, 3,500 yards. I think it's, he's around the 3,700 Mark um, because like I said, you look at the last three seasons, every season he has progressed and you know, with the lower interception ratio, I believe that he'll get more possession time. He'll actually have uh, more chances because that's the one thing. And, and I know you're a Kirk cousins guy with Michigan state ties and everything like that, but with Alex Smith, you have to look at the ball security. If he has that kind of ball security where he's only thrown 20 picks in the last three seasons, I mean, he's, he's thrown a countless amount of touchdowns uh, that haven't been up there world beaters like, like Peyton Manning and Tom Brady throwing 50-plus. But, you know, he throws enough touchdowns where, like I said, their game-managing uh, expertise in this this sense can actually benefit him where he gets more opportunities uh, with a healthy Chris Thompson. That's another thing. Capri Bibbs is now on the practice squad because uh, Byron Marshall is uh, is clear to play, and basically he's the backup to Chris Thompson. Those two are very good scat backs out of the backfield. So I'm going to go over. I'm not going to go 4,000 yards, but I'm going to go around thirty six, thirty seven hundred. 3,700 so that's going to be our our first one on this over under game for the 3500 passing mark for Alex Smith. Next one is AP Adrian Peterson, 1000 yards rushing. Now this one's a little, you know, tricky. A little older guy, uh, you know, he's he's averaging in his career 1100 yards per season. Uh, it also kind of averages in his uh, his injury-riddled season and all that kind of stuff. So you could possibly put him a little higher than that, but as a career average in many many seasons so far, 1100 yards is pretty darn good. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna go with under for for this year and and kind of the future. I just don't think. It's it's not the AP that was you know putting up 2,000 rushing yards in, in Minnesota in 2012, but I think he's still going to have a, a very very good season with the Redskins. I'm all for having Adrian Peterson in, and I think he's going to have an awesome year. I just don't think it's going to be above that mark. Um, I think. Hopefully, you know. Hopefully, the guy can stay healthy throughout the season. They do have, as I mentioned, so many running backs, and they kept so many running backs on that depth chart for the season. So yeah. there's there's a lot of next man up type of attitude there. But the guy should have the starting job, and, and all all signs are pointing to that. Uh, will he get over a thousand yards? Uh, something he hasn't done since 2015. I know he's been in some different circumstances with New Orleans True. and Arizona, but uh, I'll, I'll say under. But I do think he will have a very good year. Probably in about maybe about 700 yards on the season.
0: That's not too bad. And I think. You know, honestly, I want to go over so bad, uh, <laughs> but at the same time, jeez, that's that's a tough mark to to make. A thousand yards, like especially in nowadays. A 1,000 yards is really difficult to attain, uh, even if you're a really great back. Um, you know, pe- I remember people used to say, like, oh, man, 1,500 yards for this guy, 1,500 yards for this guy, you know, great rushing season. But the times have changed since Drew Brees went to New Orleans and, and, and multiple quarterbacks started emerging uh, as basically overall every single uh, team now is a West Coast offense for the most part. I think I'm, I'm going to go under. I wanted to go over because I think he might get around that 1,000 to 1,100 range uh, if he stays healthy. I think you mentioned that as well. Uh, but I overall think that he's going to get around, like you said, about 700-something. I'm going to go with eight 900 uh, just as a realistic viewpoint um, because, again, he's probably only going to get maybe 15 to 20 carries a game. Uh, the health is also a concern. The age is a concern. But as we saw in that in that one uh, preseason game that he just you know burst on the scene, basically, and was averaging 5.6 yards a pop. I think, overall, uh, that last season where he basically got the year off and got some nice legs under him and possibly got that last spurt and seeing his energy and his uh, enthusiasm about being on the Redskins this year and giving him a shot, I think it's going to be a fantastic year for him, and I'm going to go with around the eight to 900-yard mark. But I want to go over. just 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 mark my words. I think he's going to get around... Uh, my, my head says, you know, or my heart says, I should say, uh, <laughs> 1,100 yards, but my head says 8 to 900. So the next one's going to be a very interesting one because we don't have a lot of uh, info on this one. OK, I wanted to throw this one in there uh, and see what your thoughts were uh, for the defensive line. OK, we run a 3-4 defense, meaning there's three down linemen and there's four linebackers for people who don't know what that means. And Daron Payne, who we just got from Alabama, Jonathan Allen, a local guy who we've called get his games in high school from Stonebridge, uh, ended up going and playing in Alabama. And then he was our draft pick last year, so our two number one picks. And also Matt Ionitis, who was uh, a key contributor last year. Let's, let's see how many sacks combined all three of those guys can go. I'll go first in this one. Uh, basically, we have 15 sacks combined over under that mark. That's a pretty decent number. Uh, but last year, uh, Allen only played five games, and Iannitis played 14 games. With also, it's not a full season, but he was actually playing a few games with a club on his hand. Which I mean, it, it, how difficult is that? I mean, basically, get an oven bit and trying to try to grab somebody's jersey. That's basically how it is. Um, but I think last year, as a five and a half total sack number between those two. I mean, that's a third of the way there. And you also add Deron Payne in there as well, who everyone tells me he's like a Mack truck out there. You can't move him. So... My uh, estimation, I'm going over. I think they're going to get around uh, 15 to 20 in there uh, in, th- in that little range because, obviously, defensive linemen in the 3-4 aren't there to get sacks. They're basically there uh, to help and fill the gaps for the linebackers to come in and try to get them for losses and whatnot. That's kind of what a 3-4 is made for. Um, but I think they're going to go over in this one.
1: Yeah, and, and uh, I, I can't argue with that. I
0: think uh, great minds think that, a lot like the combo man. of Payne and <laughs> Allen, I think, is going to be
1: – just incredible to watch this year. And then you'll have Ida kind of uh, there is almost like the third fiddle but compared to those two guys. But he's going to put together a solid season again of yeah. probably four or five sacks. So, hit four uh, and a half last year. Yeah, so I think you've got to expect he will be around that mark. And then you've got to think that Payne and Allen can combine for 10-plus um, when, yeah. when the season ends. If they can all – again, knock on the wood. If they can please stay healthy this season. Yep. Um, I think this is a this is one of those defensive lines that – The analysts that are paying attention are talking about the analysts that aren't really digging into the Redskins this year. They're kind of, you know, just brushing them them off. Exactly. Um, are not, and I think that's a mistake because I think this could be a really, really strong defense
0: um, if, again, if everybody stays healthy and and does what they need to do. Well, that's another thing. You look at this defensive line as a whole. Like I said, Ioannidis was playing a few games with a club on his hand, this and that, uh, and he also didn't play in two games as well. So you only have basically a handful of games these two played together. Allen had five games played as a rookie, and this defensive line as well, was playing with like guys like Stacy McGee and, and Ziggy Hood. Even though Ziggy Hood made the team, he's a good veteran presence. But these guys aren't world beaters out there. Some of these guys aren't even on the team anymore from the starters last year. So once they lost Allen, they're actually run, uh, run per carry attempt or run per attempt. I can't even talk about it. Yards per attempt for the, for the, the offense uh, that they were going against went up by, I think, a yard and a half or so once Allen got hurt. So they were stopping the run for the most part, and that creates more passing situations where they can get more sacks. So when you're looking at it, when Ioannidis was out there pretty much by himself as Anthony Lanier was coming on late in the season as well, um, it's going to be fun to watch because they got a good defensive line that has some depth now uh, with Ioannidis, Allen, and Payne, and then Anthony Lanier and Ziggy Hood coming off the bench. Uh, It's going to be good. I don't think it's going to be as good as the Eagles um, or the the Cowboys uh, per se, uh, but they got a good defensive line. And that's what we're going to move into now is the Washington defense as a whole. They were tied for 27th last year, Ben, uh, mainly because the second half of the season, once Allen got hurt, Ionitis was hurt and uh, some other guys uh, got injured. But overall, Monte Nicholson, another Michigan state guy got hurt as well. So that kind of suffered us as uh, uh, suffered in the back end. um, But, Last year they're tied for 27th in the National Football League, letting up 24.2 points per game, which is over three touchdowns. So that's not that great. Uh, so our over/under is going to be uh, minusing that one field goal plus one uh, for 20.0 points allowed per game over/under. Whew. So this is it's a bit it's a, it's a very tough question. It's man. a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> I do is the defense going to be better this year? Yes,
1: we know that. Um, You know, as far as the how it will break down for the points per game, um, well, you got to think they'll be better than twenty seventh. They're probably got to be somewhere in the, you know, maybe under top twenty five in defense. Probably maybe trying to get close to the top twenty. Also, I'll I'll say they'll go. I I'll push. I'll I'll say they'll be right around twenty oh, points push. per game okay. uh allowed. Now that's a little higher than I think Redskins fans would like. But then you gotta remember the schedule that they're playing. And then you gotta remember that as good as his defense It could possibly be they have a very rough road uh, this season uh, schedule wise. So, you know, I I do think there's going to be a ton of improvements, and I do think this offense is going to be improved. So maybe even if they allow some runs, they'll be able to kind of get it back um, because of the the way their offense will play. But, yeah, I'll say right around 20 20 points
0: per game. So looking at their schedule, obviously, like you said, it's going to be a tough one. They have, I think I saw somebody say, they had the third hardest schedule in the national football league. That's a pretty damn hard schedule. Uh, looking at, uh, most of their games this season, it's going to be tough. Obviously the Cardinals, I think they're going to hold them to under 20. Uh, this Sam Bradford. You never know what's going to get with Sam Bradford. Either he's going to break, uh, like glass or he's going to throw for 350 yards. Um, the Andrew Luck uh, Colts, the new-look Colts, we'll see. Well, I guess you could call them a new-look Colts. Uh, we'll see if he breaks as well. But um, I think those two games are going to be big tells to this defense. Can you get on a fast start and then have to uh, host Aaron Rodgers and the Packers uh, with his new big deal and see if you can hold them to a decent amount of maybe 25 points or so? Because you know Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for two, three touchdowns. That's how it is. Uh, but... You know, you got a gauntlet coming up after that Colts game with the Packers, Saints, Panthers, Cowboys, Giants, and then even the Falcons. Like you said last week, their first real "quote unquote" break is the Bucks. So, and last year the Bucks were supposed to be one of the uh, top tier teams in the NFC uh, with all their additions, and they sucked. So we'll see what happens with them, but. As a whole, I think uh, they're going to go. Jeez, uh, I want to say push too. Honestly, <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to be the same though. So I'm going to go with over. I, th- okay. I, I think that. Uh, 20 points allowed per game is, is pretty damn good. Um, but as seen as most of the teams in all of football were around that mark, yes, they were tied for 27th, but a lot of the teams were, were in that, uh, vicinity of uh, around 20 to 22 points per game because I think the best team uh, out there, uh, my computer's not working, so I can't figure it out right now. But at the same time, the the best team out there, I think was 15 uh, points per game mm-hmm. uh, which you know y- honestly if you look at the, the averages that's technically not a lot but at the same time uh you know not a lot of points. I mean five points what how much is that it's less less than a touchdown but at the same time if you go up like one two points per game because there's only a little bit of sample size that's a lot of points. You know, that's a lot of stuff uh, every single week to give up. But their improved defense, uh, I, I think it's going to go down from 24, but I don't think it's going to get all the way down to 20. I think uh, around three touchdowns or so uh, because I think that their offense, uh, again, as I said before, is going to have a lot less, a lot more game managing. I mean, if Alex Smith can go out there and throw, you know, uh, maybe five to, to eight picks this season, a lot less turnovers and AP is a is a better ball handler than some of the guys we've had, so I think it's going to be uh, more beneficial, especially with our he- healthy defense. Uh, Quentin Dunbar, good corner. We did lose Kendall Kendall Fuller, but we got Fabian Monroe from UCLA last year. He's got one year under his belt now. Uh, and Monte Nicholson's healthy. Uh, I just think a lot of the the, the rookies that are going to give uh, this defense a lot more credit for what they've given so far and i think a lot of people are like you said overlooking the redskins defense because so so far they're just a young core i mean deron Payne and tim settle the two nose tackles, they're both rookies (laughs) but you also got troy apke adonis alexander greg Strowman, a lot of these guys that are rookies but and and also first and second year guys that people don't look at the redskins and say okay this is a great defense i don't think they're a great defense but i think like you said they're kind of a middle of the tier defense overall as a whole But um, that's going to do it for our over under game and our Redskins talk right now. Uh, Check out next week's DC crossover edition uh, for episode three as we will get into game by game and uh, actually go through each game and see what our uh, overall season prediction is going to be and then. Throughout the season, we're going to give you a game preview for the game to come that week, and we're also going to go and see uh, what some betting odds are and see if we want to put some money on it. We're not actually really going to put money on it, but at the same time, we're going to talk about what the money lines are and stuff like that uh, for what the experts are picking and then what we think is actually going to happen as quote-unquote casual fans. Uh, but that's going to do it right here for the DC crossover. Uh, Mr. Simpson, you got any final thoughts, buddy? No, I'm just ready. It's It all starts next weekend. It's all back. Really, that's this great, Thursday, I guess.
1: Yes, technically, but uh, we don't care about those games. We just care about (laughs) Sunday with uh – with, with the Redskins. It's already and started also, with college
0: football this past week. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely
1: keep in mind, uh, those listeners of DC Crossover, we will this season be doing some kind of college roundups with some of the local colleges. Obviously, uh, if you're listening to this on uh, here on Monday, uh, this is Virginia Tech plays tonight. We've got some, obviously, some games that happened over the weekend. Uh, we'll be getting into some college football this season as well, sticking with kind of the local theme. It will be all focused around local universities and colleges and, and how they're doing. But uh, big win for Maryland over Texas. That Second year in right? a row, I believe that Man. they beat Texas in the in the, in the opener. That so was
0: crazy, especially with all their scandals and everything. Going yeah, on. That's, that's yeah, it's a nuts. pretty
1: big win there. We'll definitely get into that uh, later in the show as well this this
0: uh, this season. Definitely check out the DCCrossover.com. Uh, for all the great work we have with writers, uh, Ben is pretty much in charge of that website. He's done a great job uh, on on that website as a whole. So de- again, check out DCCrossover.com dot com and uh, dc crossover on Twitter, uh, dc crossover podcast on Facebook. Definitely give us a like, follow on there. But also, if you're on iTunes, click the subscribe button. It's free. We're not charging you anything. Who cares? Even if you don't listen to it, just listen to this last you know twenty seconds <laughs> of this whole entire podcast. <laughs> And, uh, and, and subscribe on there for free. And also uh, give us a like, a review. Yeah, uh, rate us and
1: review us. That's what helps us out. If, if yep. uh, we're not asking you to pay for anything or, you know, check out check out the site, listen to the show. The, the one thing you can give back to us, if you rate and review, that helps us out iTunes-wise.
0: Uh, yep. Helps us move up the charts for sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. But this is the DC Crossover right here on iTunes. Podcast and Google Play Music Stores. Uh, definitely check us out on all social media outlets. And if you need to get in contact with us, you can go on social media outlets or you can hit Ben at DCCrossover.com or Mike at DCCrossover.com if you want to get in touch with us directly. But also, again, the last thing I need to say is leave us some uh, topics you guys want to talk about. These are main topics that we're trying to get uh, integrated with, uh, just like we said, casual fans and what we think that you guys might want to do and think about. So go on there and say, oh, we want to talk about, you know, whatever. What what do you think about this game coming up or whatever it may be? And if you guys have any food reviews that you guys want us to go check out uh, that you haven't checked out yet we'll go and try to do that as well uh check out our other uh podcast we got the dc crossover right here which is the main uh the main podcast overall we got our food review which we did against uh, our four primo hoagies uh, out in leesburg and uh, we're also going to be talking about uh, uh, so, so kind of local-slash-national topic of high school football. Brief one uh, below as well uh, with the local high schools, Parkview, Manassas Park, canceling their football season. So for Ben Simpson, I am Mike Cerrone saying so long for Episode 2 of the D.C. Crossover.